Eye of the Panther, Season 1, Episode 6, Peanut. In the point of view of Colonel Jack Shepard. My neck was cold. I reached down and pulled my bedroll higher on my chest. Wait. I was warm despite the rain. Wait. My eyes snapped open and I flung my bedroll off of me as I stood. The boy was not at his tree. There was no sign of him at all. My eyes frequently searched for him. I must have fallen asleep. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Where could he have gone? I ran to the spot where I last left him. There was no footprints in the mud, only sludge. My heart pounded in my throat. He could have been kidnapped, though the fact that I was still breathing probably dismissed the idea. He must have ran away. He saw his chance while I was sleeping and ran for the hills. It actually surprised me that he didn't try this sooner. I swore under my breath. He still has the amulet. I need to find him. What was that kid thinking? He didn't even have a way to protect himself. I ran further into the forest. My legs feeling like I was jabbing razor-sharp knives into them. My head pounded the same ribbon as my heart, and I genuinely felt as though I was going to be sick. The rain just poured harder and the wind started to blow through the red leaves. It was getting harder to see. Junior! I yelled. No answer. Hunga? I tried his real name on my whips. He must answer me. He must. Look, I I'm sorry about last night. Please come back. I heard a bane and saw a flash of blue white and a black bird of bright red stripes flew out of it and rested its talons on a branch. On top of its head were blue feathers that fended out like a crown. It seemed to look at me with a peculiar intelligence in its eyes. Its eyes never left my form. If you know where he is, show me. I can't believe myself, talking to a bird. I'm beginning to sound just like the boy who spoke of the animals, and I only knew him for a day. But it was the way the creature looked at me that seemed to suggest that it could indeed understand me. Please, show me. The bird took one more look at me before taking flight. I hurried after it. The idea of following a bird might not be the brightest plan but there is nothing else I could do. I jumped over fallen logs and watched puddles of water, running after the bird that was just a blur of black and red feathers. My feet sunk deep into the moss with each step. Water rolled down my face. The air was full of energy, hot and cold touching one another. Bright blue and white whites zapped around the bird like lightning, though it was only concentrated around the bird. The bird went through the lightning and seemed to disappear on the other side as a blast of thunder sounded. 
I slid to a stop, my eyes definitely searching for the bird. It couldn't have disappeared. My eyes caught a flash of black and red sitting in a tree. The bird nodded its head at me and trilled one note before taking flight again. I took off after it, tripping over broken branches and hitting my side on one of the trees. The bird continued its flight, disappearing in the lightning and reappearing somewhere else each time, whenever it wanted me to take a turn or to get further ahead of me. Please let him still have the amulet. Please let him still have the amulet. The bird went through a larger concentrate of lightning. I swear to a stop to shield my eyes from the light. When I was able to see again, the bird was gone. I turned around several times trying to find the bird or any sign of the boy. Neither was in sight. Every tree in sight had bright red leaves, except for the nearest which had golden leaves. The bird must have been taking me to the east. I needed to stay alert. There could be guppies anywhere. Though my legs and head hurt something awful, I leaned my forehead against the golden tree. I just wanted to sleep. Honka, where are you? Where did you go? I muttered through my teeth. The boy is too much trouble for what he is worth, and the only reason why he's worth anything is because of that amulet around his neck, what that should be mine by now. Oh, hello, Colonel. I whipped out the small pocket knife and swung him round. My eyes widened when I saw that nothing was there. Up here! The voice sounded very much like that boy. I glanced up, and sure enough, there he was, standing several feet up on a thick branch with a brown squirrel perched on his shoulder. I sighed in relief, putting away the knife. I have never been happier in my life than I was at that moment, seeing the boy in perfect health. I saw the amulet swinging from around his neck, glowing a faint blue. Why he didn't hide it under a shirt is beyond me, but at least he still has it. At least it's safe. I backed up from the tree and crossed my arms, being sure to look furious of him. What are you doing up there? I've been looking everywhere for you. Getting breakfast. He reached his hand inside a hollow hole in the tree. I looked at my dirty fingernails. Finally, the boy is doing something useful with his meaningless life. Go ahead and throw him down, I'll skin him. The boy was silent, so I looked up at him, seeing a terrified expression on his face. I shrugged. What? That's how you eat squirrels. You skin them first. But you can't skin Peanut! I sighed, rolling my eyes, brushing my white and black hair on my eyes. You weren't supposed to name him. How about you come down from there? No! Not until you promise that you won't skin Peanut. I held my arms tight at my sides and heat flushed to my face. He was really beginning to make me angry. I will promise no such thing. Du Bois raised his chin. Then you can't have any breakfast. Peanut worked very hard for those nuts, too. 
I looked at the ground and stared at my muddy boots. I needed this boy, and we do need some food. Fine. I won't skin Peanut. Will you come down now? The boy's face lit up. So we can keep him? I ground my teeth together. I didn't say that. The boy bit his lower whip and his ears lowered. But if we take his nuts, he'll die. I swung around and started walking away. Not my problem. We're not keeping a rodent. Then why should I come with you? You only want the Yamut anyway. You don't want anything to do with me. I froze in my tracks. This wasn't the turn of events I expected. I turned around to face the boy, my mouth agape. You won't even give me the Amlet, so you're no longer of use to me. I grounded my teeth. There has to be a way to get the Amlet off of him without hurting myself. If anything I try would probably hurt the boy in some shape or form. Could I really live with myself if I went through with it? The boy's eyes left me and stared at something else. His ears lift and he cracked a wide grin. He hopped up and down on the branch. The boy stretched his neck as though he was trying to get a better look. Look, Colonel! A dragon! It's huge! Doesn't it look cool? This is a dream come true! A dragon! A real-life dragon! Don't be silly. Dragons only live in the northern mountains. I got ready to climb the tree. At the very least, I could bring him down and carry him if I have to. But it's a dragon! I felt the sky darken around me and turned around my eyes widening. The creature's head had two large horns that came out of its sides and curved upwards. Down the center of its head and its neck was a bluish-green paper-like skin that fanned out with its spikes. Its sharp scales were blue with gold stripes. It wasn't a large dragon, about half the length of the large golden tree. Its large bat-like wings were spread out from its body as it prepared to land. Its golden cat eyes were determined to cause destruction, looking for gold or, in our case, a amulet. It's a dragon. The thing seemed to be getting closer to the tree that the boy was still standing in, with its four long legs stretched out as though it intended to grab him. It's a dragon! I grabbed a stone from the ground and threw it at the beast, and it gave a roar so deep, so terrifying, that the ground shook. The end of the dragon's long spiky tail hit the boy, and with a yelp he fell from the tree. Hunger! I jumped and caught him, throwing us both to the ground and sliding in the mud. Are you okay? Are you okay? The boy groaned. I'm okay. Where's Peanut? I glanced around for the stupid animal and saw him clinging to the base of the tree. The dragon perched its huge form in the tree, warring in anger, its dark eyes walking on the boy. I pushed the boy off of me and shoved him away. Run! But Peanut! I clenched my teeth together. 
Stupid boy. I'll get the squirrel! Run! And without seeing if the boy would obey me or not, I ran to the base of the tree. The dragon roared again and went after me. It blocked my way to the tree. I grabbed the pocket knife from my pocket and stabbed the beast's chest. The beast seemed unfazed from the wound, either from getting angrier, and moved out of, the, of my way. I wrapped my hands around the squirrel and pulled him off of the tree. The squirrel's long claws scratching the right side of my face. The dragon raised its large head and its whips curled, showing the razor-sharp teeth, its breath getting hotter and hotter. I looked at the creature, a hint of fear lingering in my gut. I looked around the beast, at the boy, watching in horror, covered in mud. I never wanted to hurt him. I was just trying to do my job. He was between war and peace, but now I'll set him free. It won't matter anymore. Not for me, anyway. I looked down at the brown, soft squirrel shaking in my arms. Hunga! Catch and run! Just get out of here! Just run as fast as you can, and as far as you can, don't stop! I threw the squirrel at him and ducked. The dragon went out a breath of flames and lunged at me, its claws just missing me, grabbing the base of the tree. The tree bulged from the movement, and thick roots rose from the ground. The top was blazing of orange tongues of fire. The dragon let go of the base, and there was a nether wild crack. I looked up to the flames as a large branch fell on my back. I collapsed in pain. My breathing labored. My eyes caught a gaping hole from where the roots were forced up. A glimmer of something metal and sharp lay below. A trap of some kind. My arm was twisted and pain blinded me as I pushed the heavy branch off of me. I reached up and grabbed a branch of the tree and hosed myself up. I screamed from the pain in my arm. Embers fell and my ears picked up on a wild sizzling sound of burning flesh on my face. I had to do this or else die. I pulled up my weight watching the dragon carefully. It kept blow to the ground, unable to take flight from all the trees in the way. Very few have heard of the art of creature hunters, though some of their tales of the great hunts have reached the ears of the kings and those who serve them. I am one of those people. The branch I held onto could barely hold my weight and was bent almost in half. Sweat blinded my eyes as it dripped my hair. Hey, stupid! Over here! The dragon went out a puff of smoke. I closed my eyes. Maybe this wasn't the best idea. The beast lunged at me, and my arm caught between one of the claws of its bat-like hands. Pain forced me to let go of the branch, the tree falling over. The sharp point of the branch ripping a large hole in the dragon's wing. The dragon roared in pain and ripped its claw out of my arm as both of us fell into the pit below. I pushed off of the beast in my attempt to avoid the spears below. I hit the ground, my head hitting a rock, and everything went black.
To be continued. Tune in for a new episode every other week. Subscribe using your favorite podcast app or follow the blog at gracemmorris.wordpress.com, where you can see the original artwork for each episode. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the adventure.